Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. I'm here with the lovely Ashley Kaltwasser. I like your makeup today, Ashley. Thank you. You know, I like to have fun with it. Yeah, you're a makeup connoisseur, right? Yeah, you know, I like to, to paint my face. What is the, you know, we should give out like a daily, like a podcast date. This, this makeup today is this, because people always ask about like your colors and stuff. We should do that like in the description or something. I'm sure <laughs> all the guys would just tune off immediately we're uh 72 <laughs> percent female audience on youtube well you know yeah, there's still that, cool. <laughs> that uh the remaining so it is you there's 28 percent of them the bad thing about the makeup is i don't even remember i use so many different products and really? stuff i get, always get asked like what's my stage lip color and i'm like heck if i know because they always mix like <laughs> i or lip liners and glosses and lip stains and lipsticks so it's always different every time, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, um, we have a, a good podcast topic for oh, you today. God. I know. It is, she hates oh when I say gosh. it. This one is about being coachable. Are you coachable? And what to look for in a coach, too, mm -hmm. when you're going on your search for your uh, for your coach? Yeah. I like this topic because there's, there's a lot of different ways this can go, too, especially with the, the looking for a coach and, and finding a coach. We've all seen... We've all seen those athletes. You'll see pro athletes, amateur athletes who will kind of coach hop, we call it. And so, you know, hopefully there's a way that you can learn something from this where you're not coach hopping. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's that athlete is the issue. Maybe it's the coaches that she's running into is the issue. After a string of, after a string of them, you tend to run into the, the, the logical conclusion that it's probably the athlete looking for something different and their body just might be reaching its uh, potential cap at a certain point at maybe like a pro level. And you're like three years in, still not not excelling maybe it's not the coach at that point maybe it is maybe you ran into all the bad ones so but what let how do we figure that out and how do we know if it's if you're coachable how do we know if it's a coach's issue let's let's jump in you know yes i, I didn't say dive i know i, was like, <laughs> how do I, I don't know how to like jump jump, jump in <laughs> so yeah go ahead ash okay so um you know i think it's important to realize what kind of personalities are you like attracted to, right? So with coaches, they come in all different varieties. You know, we have the tough love coaches. We have the, what I say goes coaches. We have the, I want to be your friend coach. They have the, the, what are, where are some other ones? The overly nice coaches. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in what category would you put yourself in? I would say I'm a realist coach. I'm a very realist coach. Yeah. And and I think my, the athletes that I work with, they're all kind of like, yeah, you know, he's, he's just, he's just going to say how it is. And I can appreciate that. And I need people to have a little bit of tougher skin um, because I am going to say, Hey, you're ready or you're not ready. And, you know, sometimes I think that that's important. And sometimes it, it's, it, it's hard for the athlete, you know, but I've, I've just done this for so long now, you know, gosh, it's 2020. So 20, since I was 18. So it's 25 years. So I've just done it for so long that I've seen all the negatives that come with being, um, you know, trying to sugarcoat things. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm more that type of guy where I'll kind of sugarcoat it usually to like in, in real world. But for example, if someone is eight weeks out, six weeks out from a show and they're not responding right. And, and they're the, they gave me 16 weeks to get them in shape. And at the very beginning of the 16 weeks, I'm like, I don't know, like you're pushing it. This is going to be a hard prep. We'll decide at six weeks out, four weeks out, if you're ready. And they didn't make the cut because it was unrealistic to begin with, or maybe their body didn't respond. You know, I'm not, I'm not successful hundred percent of the time, even, even though I'm pretty good at this at this point. So it's, if they didn't respond, then I have to come to, I have to be a realist at that point. And this is where a lot of coaches make that tough decision where they can't, they can't do what's best for their client because it's uncomfortable for them. 
And I've learned that this is the, the worst thing you can do is to put your client on stage to fail, even if it means having a harder conversation at four weeks out saying, hey, you're not ready, which is a huge blow and it sucks. But I've learned the, the client's gonna be upset either at that moment, four weeks out, or they're gonna be really upset when they step off stage and they realize they're the least fit person there. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, because I've gone through so many lessons like that, I, I've found that it's better to just say how it is right away, um, be very real with them. And, you know, some, I think there, there's some evolution that coaches like have a hard time doing that with. And, you know, a girl, a girl might respond, oh, I already paid for my show. And like, why did you pay for your show 16 weeks out when I said this is going to be a possibility, not a probability um, that you're going to be doing this show based on you needing to lose, let's say 30 pounds in 16 weeks or something crazy, right? So um, because of all those lessons, I've become, you know, hey, I want to back it up with fact. I want to say this is why, this is my experience. This is the, the scientific reasoning of it. Um, and you know, I, but I want to be real and just be honest with them. And I think people appreciate that. I think that's the, that's where it's come to at that point. You know, I'm not, yeah. um, I'm not the, I'm not the, the, the best friend coach for, you know, I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't, I love, I, I love you with you. You are, I mean, you're like family at this point too. So, so I see you every day, but like for most, I'm like, I'm pretty black and white. I'm super friendly with them and I'm, you know, backstage and all that, but I'm not the one that's like texting. Oh, how was your weekend? And whatever, like becoming, you know, I see those coaches. I think that's awesome if you have time for that and, and they're, you know, that you become really good friends with your clients. I've found that too, is that we keep a really good, we keep a really good balance of it, but there's some times where I see coaches become friends and then the client like stops respecting the boundary. Right. And they're just like kind of listening to them now. And then right. their workouts become talking sessions. If they do any personal training sessions and it's like, why are you kind of like, you need to keep that. You need to keep that respect as the coach. You need to keep that. Hey, what I say goes because, not because I'm a, some authoritarian, but because I have, you know, 25 years experience with a thousand preps a year. You know, I got 25,000 preps under my belt. You might want to listen, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's, and, um, and that's, you know, that's what I really love about you too, is we, we have our, we have a bunch of relationships, but that relationship is always solid, you know, with, you. you know, and I, I love that part about it. And so, um, yeah, so that's, I guess that's where I would fall into. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, I guess you'd say, um, what you, you'd kind of would expect from someone with as many years as I have, you know, I'm not going to be that I'm just more experienced. I know you just, something comes with time, you know, that things change a little bit with that. Um, I'm still super enthusiastic. I really love success. I love competing through athletes. That's my, my favorite thing to do at this point. I would retire if I didn't love it. Um, but that would be it. And I think people need to understand that when they walk into it, Hey, this guy's like super experienced. He's not gonna be my best friend, but he's gonna be my friend. I'm going to be like super friendly, my friend just not gonna hang out with you outside, you know, like outside the stages. And then, but he's gonna tell me how it is. He's gonna get me to my goal. Um, he's really good at getting people to his goal. And that's, you know, that's kind of what it is, you know, mm -hmm. but so. Yeah, and I think some, going back to what you said too, is like sometimes if you're an overly optimistic coach, um, even if you have really good intentions and you don't feel like you're lying to, to your client, I think that can sometimes become a problem too, because as we know, this sport is very unpredictable. So even if a client looks pro ready um and has all the potential to become pro you know i think it's not wise to say oh yeah you're you're gonna turn pro this weekend you're you know definitely gonna happen you know because it's like you can't control these things and you know it, like we mentioned in a previous podcast sometimes you just got to be at the right place at the right time in front of the right set of judges against the right girls you know so i think it's important to have conversations with like your clients too is like hey you have potential here 
you look great, but I'll never say that you're for sure going to win or for sure going to turn pro. And like we always go back and say too, you'll never hear me say before a show, I'm going to win this show. Cause that would be silly. Cause it's so unpredictable. You never know. And you know, in this sport, you can only control yourself. You cannot control who shows up, how it's going to be judged, how conditioned the girls are, how soft they are. You can only control yourself. So there's no defense to be played. So that's something to keep in mind too. Cause I feel like sometimes these optimistic coaches, you know, they're great cheerleaders for sure. Yeah. And it definitely, you know, gets the, the athlete feeling good. Like, feeling confident, but at the same time, you know, there's things beyond anyone's control in sports. So it'd be kind of silly to, to build them up so high just to be let down with disappointment, you know? Yeah. It's uh that's, that's, that's kind of where I, I come from too. I want to be just very open and honest and like, Hey, you know, you might, I had a, so I had a client compete this last weekend who I thought I was like in my head, I was like, actually, she's going to win her probably run her pro card this weekend because we've done three national shows. She's been a first call every time and has placed like top five every single time. And I was like, you know what? She's, this is the best she's been. And then she ended up doing worse than that. And right, better people showed up or the judges just went with a different way that way. It doesn't mean she's like worse, but she looked her best still. I would still bring her in maybe a little bit different, but really close to that. Like really, really close to that. It's just, you know, I think she's going in to win the overall, <laughs> maybe not the overall, but at least, at least winning. I'm thinking, oh, she's probably got a strong, I think she's 50, 50, you know, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't tell her that I said, Hey, I think you got a good chance this weekend, but I'm not saying, Hey, for sure. This is the time, you know, it's uh, it's better to be real. Cause those things happen all the time, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to build them up because they're going to find out you're going to, they're going to find out, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's funny. That actually reminds me of another Mike Tyson quote. It was funny. Cause this, there was a Mike Tyson interview. And one of these guys was, you know, in a fight, they're like always bringing up, they're always talking and, and saying they're going to do this and saying they're going to do that. And he's like, he's like, what do you think about him saying this? And he's like, what does it matter? We're going to fight anyway. <laughs> he's like, we're going to find out. So, so it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, why you, you we're going to, let's talk about it Saturday night after the results are there let's not build it up. Right. Um, let's, let's be real with the client. We're going to find out, you know, so don't, you know, and coaches out there too, you know, it's, it's a good idea to, to tell them where they're at, always be open and honest with them because the clients will appreciate it. I will say that clients will always appreciate it when you're honest with them mm -hmm. and upfront, just like you're talking about with feedback. Um, you know, I won't bring out any names, but there's a, there's a judge and he gives really good feedback. I really like his feedback. And he's saying, you know, with where you're like, he told one of, one of my girls, he said, with where your body's at right now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have beat whoever, right? This, uh, a pro. And, and, and it's great because a lot of times the judge is like, oh, you could have just been a little tighter. It could have been a little fuller. You could have been this. But he was saying straight up, your body's not there yet to beat this girl at this caliber, even if you brought your best. So you just have to bring a little bit more. And I'm like, that's so helpful. You know, mm -hmm. thank you for being honest. And, right. and you know, because this girl could be like, oh, if I would have just been a little fuller. And then she comes back to her coach and is like, he said if I was fuller. I'm like, wait, did he say if you're fuller, you would have won? <laughs> or did he just say you need, you need to be fuller? And people think automatically. They're like, oh, he said if I was fuller, I would, you know, I would have won. Like, that's not what he's saying. He said, maybe you should have been fuller, but I love that feedback. And judges, you're listening to this. It's great that you're open and honest with them. Um, yeah, it's a, sometimes it's okay to say like, there's nothing in particular, but I would just say your overall package wasn't as good as the winner. That's totally fine, yeah, you know? Totally. And it, it makes sense, you know, instead of trying to find things, it's it's helpful to know like, well, you know what? I gave it my all. I just maybe it's more of a long-term thing I need to work on. Yeah, I, lo I love it when the judges really give people honest feedback about it. Um, when, one of the good moments I saw was, um, I, I forget who exactly it was that won Nash. I think I do know who it was that won Nationals. It was the Nationals overall bodybuilding. 
and he was backstage talking to the to the judge, the head judge, and the head judge was like, you know, he's like, you're great. You you no one was close to you today on winning the overall today at nationals. He's like, but you have a blocky waist, and you're gonna have to work around that at the pro level, and it's just something you're gonna have to figure out a way to work around. And this guy just came off like the highlight of his life. He won the overall national champion, right? And the head judge told him, you know, you're gonna have to work around that. And he was like, you know what? He's like, thanks so much because uh, I don't want to get the guy said, thanks so much. I don't want to get in my head and think I'm like going into these pro shows ready to dominate. And the head judge was like, yeah, you wouldn't right now. Your, your, your waist is too blocky. You're going to have to build everything up around it to make it look smaller. And he's like, all right, I'm going to get to work. And he didn't compete for like a year after that. Mm. So it's just, that's just shows you, you know, that this bodybuilder could have went out thinking he's the man going to go in and win all these pro shows. But he just heard from the judge. He comes back out. And then he did do really good the next year. So I'll tell you after he, who he is. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. So good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think something is to be said too, is like, you know, the, the, the athletes that do the coach hopping, you know, you mentioned briefly that, Hey, maybe after you swap so many coaches, it's not a coach problem. It's a you problem. And not even necessarily seeing it's that, that they're slacking or, or cheating on their diet, but more so like, again, going, referring back to previous podcasts, genetic limitations or something genetically. Right. So even though your coach, um, can do his best trying to prep you for the show and you put in all the effort and you follow it to a T that doesn't necessarily mean the outcome is going to be the one you want, not because you didn't try and not because the coach didn't know what they were doing. It's just something that maybe either takes a long time or is it a a genetic thing that you kind of have to work around, but it's not always the answer just to keep co-topping right and i think every time you do that the the coach has to relearn your body and and how it reacts to certain things and how it responds so you're just kind of like taking multiple steps back every time you switch yeah it's a tough thing especially like i'll get sometimes i'll get these higher level ones that are you know the girls on her fourth coach and i'm like i usually if i find out they're on their like fourth i'm like what happened and before we even go into anything I'll say, what happened and what was it that you weren't happy about? Because I don't want to even put you in a scenario. It's not that I don't want to take you on. It's that I don't want to put you in a scenario where you're expecting more than I'm going to give you. And your, your, maybe it's your expectations are unrealistic to what the reality is of what a coach can do for you or will do for you. you know? um, so, you know, I always go into that. And if it's, if it's something I see as like a red flag with the other ones, I'm like, okay, I see the problem. That's super realistic that you shouldn't have to deal with that. I actually saw a question the other day. It was a pretty good question. And and the girl was, um, this was a good, this is a, actually a perfect example of this. The question was, am I expecting too much from my coach? Um, what are your, and she was like, what are, what are your, been some of your experiences with this coach? I've been dieting for the last two years and, and I've never been on a gaining phase. And, and everyone, you know, chimed in and they were like, you, you know, that's, you should be gaining, you should be gaining, like fire that guy or girl, or whatever. And then like all this, and I'm like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's know the scenario. Cause you didn't give any pictures. You didn't give any details. You didn't give any of these things. Let's go into the scenario here before you go into just blaming a coach, right? Because maybe it's you, maybe that, maybe the, the true scenario is, um, my coach always has me dieting because once a month I fall off my plan and I usually lose two weeks of progress because I binge eat for three days, you know, but they're not going to ever say that. Mm-hmm. No one's ever going to own that. Right. Maybe the problem is, hey, I was dieting for years before and I rebounded and my metabolism is just in hormones are still not corrected. I never, and I chose never to get a hormone test and, and figure these things out. And the coach doesn't know what to do. Every time he increases calories, she gains a bunch of body fat, right? Um, 
maybe it's just bad coaching. Maybe he's just dieting her down. I also said, you know, to, to her, I was like, well, is your body fat at a level where it would justify you going into a full gaining phase? You know, if, if you're, you know, already 15%, 20% above stage weight, I'm not going to put you in a gaining phase no matter what you request. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it, I'm not going to support you just gaining body fat unnecessarily when you have enough stored energy to supply yourself with internally if you're if you're working out hard enough to to you know and give you enough calories so you could still build muscle you could still nutrient partition and gain muscle while losing fat if you have a lot of stored energy if you're very lean yeah it's going to get very hard to do that you could still do it at a lower degree and then also the other question was to her i was like well how many years experience do you have lifting weights for example ashley here it's got a lot of years um workout experience so would I go full bulk on Ashley at this point, knowing we're going to probably net three pounds and then gain 15 pounds of, of total weight? doesn't really seem worth it to me when I can lean gain Ashley, gain two and a half pounds and only gain two pounds, three pounds of body fat. It just doesn't, the net difference is going to be the same, but the, the impact on the skin, the impact on having to diet down is significantly different. So you have to, it's, it's more than just a one layered question, but that was the question. And this is a good example because this girl could be coach hopping to the next girl, the next mm-hmm. coach doing the same thing and still not having a good grasp on where she's at being the problem. Right. And, but maybe it is, maybe it is that coach. I didn't get all the, you know, all those answers, but there's a lot of things that will go into even justifying if it's time to bulk, you know, or or lean gain, you know, I would never even say bulk, but lean gaining, you know, after a show, but yeah, if your body fat's too high and you're not adhering to your plan a hundred percent of the time, probably not going to go through a gaining phase anytime soon if you still need to lose 20, 30 pounds, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are also wishful thinkers and think like, oh yeah, 2000 calories. That's my maintenance. When in reality, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another aspect to it as well. Unless she's staying like bone dry, like super lean, I would question like, well, do you even know what her maintenance calories are? So I think a lot of people like to, they, you know, there's a lot of macro braggers out there and yeah. I, I never <laughs> understand why they do it. But and I don't know why people always ask me like, what are your macros? Like it's something like, what does it matter? Is my question to you. Cause yeah what I consume is not going to work for you and what you consume isn't going to work for me. And it's like such a difficult question to answer too. Cause it's different every week. Like, I don't know. Like it's, even if, even from a show, like, cause it also depends on where I'm at, how close am I to a show? Am I like maintaining or am I cutting? Like, I don't know why people are so obsessed with knowing other people's macros. I don't get it. It is a thing. It's definitely a thing. Well, yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm not one of those 3000 calorie girls. I'm very few people, you are. know, I, I'm not, I don't want to be like, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm not, yeah. You know, I'd be too full. I think. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's, it's not, I mean, Greg Doucette did a good uh, video on this at one point and he was talking about his maintenance calories and I don't want to, you could fact check me if I'm wrong. Cause it was a while ago he did this video, but he was, I mean, he's a full on professional bodybuilder and he said his maintenance calories were like closer to like 2,500 or 2,800, something around those ranges. Uh, when he posted it and, was, and all these girls are like, oh, I should be eating 2,500. I'm like, this guy outweighs you. He does cycling. He With outperforms full, like, you. Way like, more muscle mass. Way too. more muscle mass. And, and, uh, and you think you should be eating more or equal to this guy. And it, how does that make sense? You know, yeah. uh, it's funny. Cause I saw, um, there was one year that, that C-Bum prepped for the Olympia and he was like super low calories. I think he said he was at like a thousand calories or something crazy. It was a few years ago. Just wasn't leaning out. And he's like, you know, 225 pounds of shredded perfection right and and these girls are like oh i can't i can't diet at 1200 calories i'm i'm dying and i'm like you realize (laughs) you realize this guy is like doing way more cardio than you is way bigger than you 
uh, he's performing at a higher level than you. Everything's more intense, lifting more weight than you. And he's, you know, double your size on top of it. Right. And he's eating less than you and he's not complaining. Like it's, we have to be real, real with things sometimes too. If you're one of those people that has to suffer, it sucks. I don't want it. I'm always going to try to prep people with the highest amount of calories, the lowest amount of cardio, but it is what it is at a certain point. You know, there's, there's certain points where you just have to cross. I try to keep a limit on mine is to never go below 1100 calories for a girl who's, you know, five foot or less or 1200 for five, like two or over. And then a, a guy, I try to never go below 1700 calories if I can. But you know, when nationals is four weeks around the corner and tie-ins aren't showing yet, you know, you have to be real with the client and be like, Hey, you know what? We're going to probably go outside of the, my, of my normal range of acceptability. If you want to get there because your body seems to be not responding. Right. Do you want to do that or not? It's on you. If you choose to, I can support whatever you want. If you're there, it's rare. It's, I will say it's very rare, but you have to, you have to also give them the option to succeed in those circumstances. Right. You have to be like, Hey, this is probably what we're going to have to do. And you have to have a coach that's willing to do that when you're looking for, you know, are you coachable? That'd be, that'd be one of them, you know? And I would say to that client, there's nothing wrong with them saying, no, I don't want to go any lower because my work, uh, I won't want to be brain fog. I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's reverse it. Let's do the next national show or something, mm-hmm. you know? So both are the right call. You know, you can't, when you're a coach, it's not really up to, you want to keep, of course, you want to never do anything that make them unhealthy. Right. But if, if it's it, like a few weeks, it's, you know. yeah, you know, you can, there's guys who don't eat for 45 days on YouTube and stuff, right? And they're, you know, not, I would recommend it, but the human body is capable of some amazing mm-hmm. things. And we have to be realistic with what's just unhealthy for a little bit of period, which is, which life changing unhealthy forever. We'll never do that. Right. But yeah, if your peak week is a little bit lower than it should be, or uh, for a couple days, you know, people alternate day fast. You know, if you're a little bit lower for two weeks, cause you got to lose, you know, five pounds to make nationals. It is what it is. You know, this sport isn't designed. And I think that we get a lot of confusion in this sport because I think because it looks like it's fitness because it looks like it's health and fitness. People are like, oh, it's health and fitness. I'm like, this is not, this is not health and fitness. This isn't, you know, going to your gym for the first time for, you know, to lose 40 pounds and be healthy and fit. This is extreme physique sports. This is not, you know, it's totally different. And we, we have to separate ourselves from that. Um, you know, fitness when it, you know, as of when it first came out and there was like first bikini and first fit men's physique, it was a little bit more, extreme fitness but now it's full-on extreme physique sports right it's it's different now you but know? i would say that with every every sport, sport totally. has its i guess uh dangers you know um any sport even like nascar you know what I mean? oh yeah driving faster going going <laughs> around you can get hurt easier right but anything even with boxing too everything is more like intense and i'm sure that uh if you followed an elite track or, or even marathon or like maybe a doctor would say oh no, it's too much running it's too much yeah you know it's not good for you you know so there's like that mainstream healthy and then there's like you know if you want to be elite of course it's not going to kind of fit into the mold of like what a typical doctor would say for a normal person right so it's just you know listen to your body and what what it can handle because some people can handle it better than others some people can push harder than others but you um you know even though you have a coach you are definitely in control of your body so like if there's any issues that's something you would have to bring up with your coach um something that you you feel like is uh going on or whatever. So, you know, just keep that in mind. So don't hold back. (laughs) If if have that, uh, open communication with your coach, if something seems off, you don't feel right. Um, you know, that's something that you should discuss, which also wanted to bring up too, is like, 
I think sometimes with coaching clients, like if the dynamic isn't like if they respect you a little too much, they how do I say it? They are afraid to complain. Yeah. Meaning like maybe somebody was eating fish off their diet for like the past month because they didn't want to like complain that like they they hate it or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, that's such an easy fix. We'll just swap it for a chicken or something, you know? So there does there does come that point where, you know, you, you should be able to have that communication if something you don't like. Because ultimately in the end, it's going to help you and your coach more because you're able to stick to your diet better or whatever the case may be. I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up because I get that a lot and it's 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 weird, right? Because I get it. I understand it from their perspective. They're like, "Oh, I didn't want to bother you," and I'm like, "But you're paying to bother me. Like, yeah. like you're if it's that's what you're that's your right. You know, that's what you hired me for, and it doesn't bother me at all. I don't have that many clients. Like, I don't have a ton of clients, and so um, usually it takes like sometimes it'll have that, and I'll just have that conversation. No, like, well, I didn't. I just wanted to change, the, you know, this off my food items or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it takes me like a minute. <laughs> like, I'll yeah. definitely do it. So if you guys are. Um, you know, that's something that you should always do is exactly what you said, you know, tell your coach, cause it's going to help you both. The best diet is one you could stick to. So if there's something on your meal plan that you don't like, um, you want to change something out, it's just, just figure out if something's even realistic to add into the meal plan. If it's not, I'm just going to say no, you know, I'm like, no, we're just, you know, I'm sorry. You're four weeks out from a show. We're probably not gonna be able to add two glasses of wine a week at this stage. Cause you still need to lose 10 pounds of body fat, whatever, right? But if, if it's realistic, we can add it in. That's not a problem, you know? So it's, it's important to have that open communication and to not, and to be able to feel like, um, so we send back video responses to every client. So when like my videos can be anywhere between like a super fast one, it could be like a couple minutes if it's an easy check-in all the way to like 15 minutes. If it, if someone is asking a bunch of questions or they're just getting started or, or whatever, usually they're like, you know, five ish, but it's a, they ask all their questions. I'll send them back a video response every week. You should have at least more communication than a simple email back that says three numbers, you know, which is like when the macro coaches will just send back, okay, this week, like I've seen these, I'm like, they, you're paying $300 a month for that. Like, it's just, it's, it'll say carb, fat, protein. Okay. This week here. And that's it. And I'm like, how hard is that? Like I, if I, I would be out of here in 10 minutes, <laughs> if that was the case, you know, but so it should be, you know, they should be able to see your history, look at how much progress you've made. You should be able to ask as many questions as you want. Um, you should be able to give your concerns, you know, and, and not feel that you're, you're being told to shut up and just brushed off. You know, I think mm -hmm. I hear that a lot too, where people are like, Oh, just trust it. Just trust process. Right. Like, yeah, ask, you can ask why it's not now it, it can't cross over into an education platform where you're trying to learn how to, you know, study nutrition at an advanced rate. And you're like, Oh, well, why is the carbs this? What's the scientific? Like it shouldn't be that, but the coach should be saying, Hey, we're cutting your carbs this week because of X and X. This is what. So as long as you're not crossing past that uh, process where it becomes coach athlete and it becomes student professor, right? That's, that's a different thing. As long as they're, you know, giving you explanations and, and saying, Hey, this is why this is the reasons for it. I think that is totally fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. And you should be able to ask that. But some of these, some of these people I'm like, get, you need to like kind of humble yourself and understand as the coaches, not the athlete as a coach, like, yes. Okay. Now you're a big name. Cool. But remember when you were begging for clients, right? Remember the, remember the type of attention you gave when you were begging for clients and just don't take on as many clients if that's the case, you know, take on less, raise your rates, you know, work with less people if you, you know, just, but don't start funneling thousands of clients through and just sending them back three numbers because you have a name that can support it and you can, you can gain as many as you lose 
I think that's really wrong. And I see, mm -hmm. I do see that being a very valid reason for coach hopping. We were like, yeah, I just felt like, I didn't even know if my coach would like remembered my email, like by who I was when I emailed, like all he would do is say, Hey, all right, do this. All right. This week, do this. Like, it's just, I see that a lot. And it's, that's an unfortunate part of the growth that naturally occurs when you do this for a long period of time. Um, I like doing the, the videos, you know, they're, it's hard sometimes to always be on. You probably get that when you're in prep to have to respond like a video response. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes it's a little hard cause you're like always on, but yeah. it's, it's worth it to the client, you know, it's worth it for the, for them. So yeah. So now let's get into some qualities of the athletes. But before we get into what makes a athlete coachable, just out of curiosity, Adam, what are some, I don't want to say like a pet peeves that might be a little harsh, but qualities that you don't like or things you don't like from an athlete. I would, I, I'll go first if yeah. you want. Go ahead. Yeah. So I Things, I guess, let, let me word this better. Things I don't appreciate very much is when people cheat and don't tell me, Yeah, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to yell at you, but it just makes everything so much more difficult at the end because you don't know what their their um, caloric like output in, is and input because everything's all jumbled. So once you start cheating and stuff, that really throws off the numbers. And then you're clueless, the athlete's clueless, and you just don't know what to do. But it goes back to, I think people are like afraid sometimes to admit it. And it's like, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to yell at you. It's okay. You know, I just need to know these things. And um, I, I understand like, hey, everyone has those weeks. As long as we don't make a habit out of it, we just need to move forward and not do it again. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, that makes things really difficult is when people don't admit to like, oh, by the way, I had two full cakes yesterday, you know, like, yeah. So my first one that I was going to say is honesty. That was, honesty. So we're okay, the same, honesty. we're the same. Yeah. We're the same on that one because, um, yeah, here's, here's the thing guys. If you're a client, if you're a client and not necessarily just of ours, but if you're a client to any coach, if the coach is doing the job right, if they're actually doing their job the way they're supposed to do, they should know your calorie intake, your cardio output, your supplements, your resistance training program, and all of that, right? So they, all that info, so they know your output, they know everything. So, and this is, it's not so much, like the way I look at things, it's not so much just coaching on personalities, it's just, you know, I take, I kind of take the human element out of it for a second when I'm doing my adjustments, and I say, okay, Cardio plus resistance training plus supplements plus exercise plus, plus movement, right? Equals should equal X result at the end of the week. My weekly target for this person is a quarter of an inch on her waist, a quarter of an inch on her hips, and 1% of her weekly weight loss. So if she weighs 150 pounds, 1.5 pounds, right? That's my target for this person in prep. And this is how I, I literally do this math all the time, every day, every check in. And I say, okay, she's 16 weeks out from her, her show. If I target at 1.5 pounds a week at 16 weeks, that ends up with, uh, what is that, 21 pounds, if I'm doing the math right in my head. So um, that's, in, is, now, is, was, she 21, was she 21 pounds lighter the last time she competed, right? So let's say, let's say she was, um, well, then we're exactly on pace at that point. If she was only 15 pounds lighter, well, cool, we're ahead of the game, right? So now I'm taking A plus B plus C plus D equals X, Plus, are we on the timeline for target? Have we made improvements? Is that going to change this, right? Is it going to change the new baseline setting of her reaching her target uh, conditioning? But then you're not giving me A plus B plus C equals D. You're giving me an outside component that I can't factor in, and then you're not telling me about it, and then you're expecting me to create a precise program around it 
when I don't even have my math right, mm-hmm. you know? And then you're going to get mad at me because you didn't look the way that you <laughs> looked at, you looked and you'll never, they'll never admit it, right? They'll never admit, they'll just post, oh, I had this diet. And I'm like, but what else did you have? You know, how was your adherence? Did you work out with full intensity every time? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I saw you in your Instagram stories, like out of whatever, eating this food or drinking or whatever, right? Why aren't we talking about that? You know, why aren't you telling me that weekly? So if you guys aren't giving us the data, then we can't make the precise adjustments. And here's the thing that comes with, like with macro dieting, um, and I'm actually doing an interview this week about some uh, macro dieting, um, which is, it's more about the nutrition labels. I'm doing it this week about how the nutrition labels aren't as accurate as people think they are. And so that's why I'm not a huge fan of macro dieting because if we're making adjustments, let's say I make an adjustment on a client, it's going to be probably somewhere in that like 10% range of adjustments. Maybe it's five, maybe it's 15, depends on the week, but let's say 10% change. Well, if your meal plan is off by more than 10% daily because you're eating multi-ingredient foods with that are, that are already off on the labels by 20, 30%, how do you expect me to make accurate adjustments within 10% when I'm getting data that's not even within 30% or 20%? You can't, right? You can't say I'm going to be making this precise adjustments on it but you want precise results, but you want unlimited freedom. You, though you can't have those two things. You can either have precise nutrition, single ingredient foods and precise data, or you can have unlimited foods and not precise data. Those, you cannot merge those two together. You're never gonna have both of those um, because the, the problem is the food, even the starting at the food labels. And there's, there's research on that too, where people show you know macro dieting a, a significantly portion off higher in terms of reporting calories than single ingredient food eaters, right? So yeah, I understand the arguments for macro dieting. It's a lot better, a lot more freedom, I get it. But when we're talking about splitting hairs on precision and and winning a show based on one to two points, I'm gonna go with air of the side of data, right? Right, and for the off season, it's okay to to incorporate that, but he's talking about getting you just the right shape at the right time. Yeah. Off so season, we're, we're talking about like contest prepping. Yeah. Off season, I'll have free meals. I'll have some clients with a daily free meal, like a daily mm-hmm. 500 calorie count meal, you know, yeah. and things like that. Um, and, you know, they can do their macro thing or whatever. I don't mind it. But when we're talking about data and precision, like you guys got to be honest with your coach right. and tell them because they're, they're, they're throwing all these numbers. And all you see from me is a video response. You just see, oh, oh Adam says, okay, it's going great. Keep it here. I'm on target. Nah, nah, nah. Whatever I say and answer your questions but you don't see the back end of it. Like there's a, there's nonstop calculations going on to see if you're going to target. And I, I, if I'm going to do my job right or not, you know, there's a lot of pressure on me to do my job right every, every single check-in. So, um, but that's the back end of it. And yeah, honesty guys, if just tell your coaches, we're never going to be like, Oh, you suck. As a oh my God. My whole day is ruined. <laughs> you're fine. Because you had two slices of pizza my whole week. In fact, yeah. ruined because you had pizza. Yeah. But what, what will, <laughs> what will happen? This is the bad thing that can happen with it you know, you could, you could not say it and you can get away with it type of thing, but you really, you're going to pay for it one way or the other. And the way you pay for it when you don't tell your coach that is that your coach is going to make adjustments based on you being perfect. And if you're being perfect in our eyes and you're still gaining weight, what do you think is going to happen? More calories, less calories, more cardio, right? But in reality, you're only making, we're only doing that because you ate off plan and you, you overindulged, right? And now we're making, now you're eating less. So your plan doesn't even line up with what your, your settings really are. So it creates a whole mess. And yeah, so it's just, just be honest. Just be honest, I mean, okay? Ashley, don't give me Ashley's coach mop out to clean up that mess. Be like, <laughs> give me the, the number to your mother. I'm going to call her and tell her <laughs> that you cheated on your diet this week. She's going to be so ashamed. 
that's what we do around here, you know? Yeah, we just <laughs> we shame them into following the real plan. <laughs> We're going to call your parents. I'm going to post it up on Instagram. So this is the the, the worst client of the week. <laughs> what, if there was a, what if there was a coach Wednesday's worst client Wednesday, of the week. Worst client Wednesdays. Worst client Wednesdays. <laughs> That'd be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone comment loser on her most yeah. recent photo. She ain't earned to follow her bill photo. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. So How do these things even come from? I don't out? know. Just these scenarios <laughs> worst, that would never client. happen, but they're so funny. Where's Clyde Wednesday? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Let's hope I never make it, you know. Uh, that would be a, yeah, no one would ever tell us that in that scenario. Everyone would be like, oh, I was perfect, I swear. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Do you have any other... Um, uh, what's the word we're looking for? Not In, that, um, you, uh, you know what? Intensity. I will say that. Here's the that the hardest part okay, about... Okay, so the clients that don't try as much as they should. The hardest part about online coaching is the intensity factor of the client in the gym. Because we don't see it, you know, too often. We have to just hope that they're doing it. We have to... Um, hope that they're maintaining their intensity. So we have it in our check-in, our weekly check-in. Is your strength up? Is your strength down? Any comments? Like, things like that that help us with that. But... I've had it happen on a few occasions where maybe I don't see a client um, in the gym and then nine months down the road, you know, I see a client in the gym and then I'm watching her work out and, and maybe it's a, she's at our gym visiting or something. And I'm like, your intensity is not, is not the intensity that's going to get you to the goal that you want to be at. So, um, but they think it is right. And it's not, it's, I don't think there's anything, I'm not like bashing them when they do that. I, they, they, they're just not comfortable with the pain. Right. And it's, it's, un, it's, it takes some time to get like more comfortable with that pain and that like actually going to failure. And some people are just lifting weights. There's a big difference of lifting weights and, and going through the motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And resistance training. And I do see a lot of people who are just lifting weights and they're like, why don't I, why am I not making this progress? And I'm like, I don't know why. And I'm like struggling to say, are, are you making this progress? You know, I, I always mention, Hey, you know, make sure you're pushing it on the workouts this is how you should be doing it. But still those are, there's some people that just need to go through more one-on-one -on -one training sessions too because they have to be more realistic with themselves of saying, am I doing enough to get the result I want? You know, when I'm in the gym now in the you know, lifting weights, I know that I'm not giving it what I used to give it to get those same type of results. I'm more doing like health and fitness. But a lot of people, if they worked out with me, they'd be like, okay, he's working out like a bodybuilder. And I'm like, no, this is nowhere near what a bodybuilder would do. Like I'm not even close to it. Mentally, I'm not even like, I'm not capable of pushing myself that hard right now, but I don't want those results right now too. I'm just trying to maintain kind of, so, um, we have to be honest with yourself too. Like if you're not getting those results, how much of it is on your intensity in the gym? Cause that's a big factor that people overlook. You know, it's the body ha it has to be forced to respond. It's not just going to willingly respond cause you went to the gym and, and lifted, you know, your five pound shoulder lateral raises, right? It's, it's needs intensity. So there's, that's one of the things too. I don't say it's a bunch of pet peeve. It's just a, um, I just hate how long it takes to really learn that right. about a client. Yeah. Yeah. Pet peeve is definitely not the right word, but yeah. I just don't know the good filler. Right. word for that yeah things the, we don't like the, i guess that could be more of a coaching area of like the presumed assumption that everyone's working out that hard and we just have to that's the hardest that's the only hard part about online coaching everything else is better online mm -hmm. everything else is better online because you have the data like uh kimber's my wife you know and she does her check-ins online um because i like the data the data is better in the morning measurements everything's better online because i have precision but then the workouts is the one thing where i would i would love to see everyone being as intense as they could be on that you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's true very true all right so let's go into um asking ourselves are we coachable you know you have some really good coachable athletes and maybe some that you've 
run into along the way that weren't so much. I think Elizabeth is a very coachable athlete, and we had her as a guest um, last week. So what makes her very coachable, Adam? I will say um, her is you have no question about adherence. There's never a that's never a considered variable, you know? And so when someone's not making progress, you consider all variables as a coach. Okay, is her intensity there? Is she actually following her meal plan 100%? Is she doing a bunch of sauces and things? She, does she think she's following her menu plan, but actually isn't because she's doing all these additives and at the end of the day, it's 300 more calories? Um, you know, with her, it's like there's no chance. <laughs> there's, no ch there's just not a chance of it. It just wouldn't even cross her mind. Uh, like that Ronnie Coleman thing I always bring up where Ronnie Coleman's like, um, how cheat on my diet I would never cheat. like that that's not even a consideration in my mind that's her you know she just won't she like I actually she's one of the very few clients I had go off her meal plan for like a day just to relax a little while she was so far out from the shelves like come to dinner with us let's go eat she was like you know I had to get you so that's that's great and that's going to get her very far very quickly um so that makes her super coachable because you just you just trust her you trust the client just like the client trusts me and I think that's good because she trusts me with the meal plans I trust her as the client and um and that's, that's a really, it's a good place to be, you know, mm -hmm. with that. Now, it is extreme, and I think it's going to take a lot of people a lot of time to get there. So, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not that adherent. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bad, but that's why I always say, when you say, Ashley, you're the best dieter ever, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she's pretty she's much good. Better. She's much better. She I don't <laughs> she's know if you Because she's very precise. I don't know if you can get I much can. better than her. You can't really get better than her, right? It's yeah. like, it's the most precise because every single thing is super calculated yeah so to the to the rice grain to the vegetable to the vegetable, to the vegetable. yeah it's a lot of time winking. yeah <laughs> to the vegetable <laughs> but you know when we ask when i change her plan it, it's you, know, you can see the changes weekly and her intensity is there um but yeah and it's and that comes to it's is i think that part of you being coachable is just passion too right exactly like she's exactly yeah she's she's passionate and and she's not just passionate 16 weeks. That's what we got to talk about. And that's why, I, that's why I think you're so great. Because you're not passionate 16 weeks. You're not passionate one year. You know, we're passionate. We're going to be passionate decades, right? Like, it's, it's, that's what it takes to, to and people see these, these people that are, you know, doing great. And they're, they're hopping over other people. And they're, they're legends in the sport like you. And, and they're like, why can they do it and I can't? And I'm like, you guys, it just takes a different level of these things. Like you have to work yourself up and you have to be real with yourself too. You know, like you see these guys who, who make it and these, these, uh, these Olympic athletes who, who get there and you're like, their whole life was like that. I had, I had two friends of mine on my hockey team become, get to the NHL. And at, we were playing on a world level when I was, you know, in the, in my teens. And even then what they were doing versus what I was doing was was crazy like i was like how are you doing more than me and then their family would say goodbye to them for six months out of the year they'd go to russia and canada for these special schools where all they did was play hockey there and then learn hockey and play hockey with like the best in the world and i was just like trying to keep up with them i didn't have that uh, availability but they went they did all that and they ended up in the nhl and they were like okay players in the nhl right and i'm like their whole life was nothing but hockey that's all they did and they got to the level that the level and and they still needed to have raw talent to be past that point right mm -hmm. like so um i think that because our sport is more touchable you know i couldn't even go say hi to those guys right now because they're not like reachable right because they're not like oh i'm just gonna go see him at a local gym right with us it's weird because 
in Vegas, I can go and see you at a local gym. I can go and run into Jay Cutler at Fit Club and Jennifer at Fit Club or whatever. It's just like a normal thing. It's like seems so realistic, but it's still the same thing. It's just that because it's so touchable, it seems so realistic, like it's within grasp. But it's like, no, it still takes an exceptional effort, exceptional years of time for you to be super consistent on it. It takes genetics. It takes all these things. And I think people sometimes think, okay, I'm going to do this for 16 weeks and then take eight months off and then 16 weeks. And I'm going to get to the Olympia and be the next Miss Olympia. And I'm like, nope, you're not. It's just not how it works. You know, it's just, you're never going to be the best at anything without full commitment. So mm-hmm. passion is, passion is the, is the, is the dictating reason of, of how some can adhere a hundred percent of the time and how some kind of go through the motions, you know, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, how bad do you want it? That's something for you to decide. Your coach can't tell you that. Yep. Um, so a few qualities um, of being a very coachable athlete is recognizing the pro- process and dreaming of success, working as hard as you can to get there. So this client is in it for the long run, basically. They know it's not going to just happen overnight, but they're committed. You know, they're working as hard as they can to get there someday. Although it might not be tomorrow, it might not be next month. Even if it takes years, they're committed and they realize, okay, this is a process. Um, you are open to being taught and trained in order to improve. I think that's very important. I think some sometimes maybe people come from also health backgrounds as well, but at the end of the day, maybe they have like a degree in some something health related. It doesn't necessarily translate to our sport. So maybe sometimes people, I don't know if you've ever ran into it. I haven't yet, thankfully. Maybe somebody might think they know more than you do in a certain thing. But again, it's it like you wouldn't tell like a, a sinus doctor how to do his job because you're also in the health and fitness field, yeah. but he goes... And he he works in a specific thing, just like you do, you know. So I think that's a big thing to to uh, recognize. Um, You put trust in your coach. So having trust in someone that they're going to guide you in the right direction and listen to their advice, of course. You adhere to the plan, which is something you already said. You are grateful that someone cares enough to push you. I think gratitude can go a long way, you know. Um, I... I think we talk about gratitude quite a bit here. And I love your shirt says thankful. <laughs> See how fitting. Yes, how that's good timing that? of that, right? You know, are you are you recognizing you're in a, in a very awesome position to even have a coach, to be healthy enough to compete, to be financially able to compete because it's an expensive sport, yeah. you know? Coaches, and cut you off there, just because mm-hmm. I have a special thing with like coaches because coaches pretty much like, changed my life and molded me in this way you know um because i didn't really have a dad you know growing up and so he just was non-existent and so i had coaches you know that's who i i would cling to you know as a kid i didn't had no that was my my male role models and stuff too but the the lessons in life i learned from these guys like if i had a choice i probably would have preferred it that way you know because the lessons in life and, and how they taught me to you know you're not going to get anything given to you you're going to have to work hard for every single thing no one owes you anything um, the, the tough lessons of losing and, and you know, them being there during that time and like going through the ups and downs. And it's like having that, you know, made me so thankful for them. Um, I still reach out to like a couple of them that have been like real impacts on my life that coached me for years in hockey and whatnot. And um, yeah, so it's just like, it's so, it's such a great thing when to being, and that's why I love sports, you know, because it changes people's like whole mindset on life. You know, it makes you, it teaches you all those things. And so 
um, yeah, being thankful is one of them. I'm forever thankful because I don't, I honestly think there's like three coaches in my life that kind of got me here. And one in particular named um, Brian, who owns a gym in, in Temecula now, who's like the, he was like, he was just a manager to me, but um, at 24 hour fitness when I first started, but he taught me like everything about how to do this stuff and how to do it right. And there's, there's no chance I'd be here without, without him. Right. So it's like, you learn these lessons and, and now what's cool is too, is I've done this for so long. I have athletes that have their own teams and they have their own athletes and they become coaches. And it's like, I have all these like secondary mini teams that are, that are offsets of, of learning from me. You're like the your, grandfather. You know, I, I, I got a few, <laughs> I thought a few more years before I get to that point, but yeah, I'm not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. I don't, I can't see me ever not doing this. I've tried, you know, <laughs> I just can't, I just love it too much. And it's just no, there's just no way. So hopefully I want to be that guy one day. Maybe it's probably going to take me another 20 years. I bet. Well, when you I think? said grandfather, I meant it as in reference. You said some of your clients have their own yeah, clients. But so, to be like the grandfather, like, yes. the, but yeah, I think, what do you think? 20 more years for me to be at that status where everyone's I like, like you still be, yeah, I mean, I'm I'll probably, how you look at it. I'm probably know? like second or third on that list right now. I'm just too young for it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next point is you put your ego aside and are willing to accept um, critique and feedback and what, what it takes to improve. Because I think sometimes if you don't have thick enough skin, what your coach says might offend you. And you were talking about that earlier. So if your yeah. coach says, ah, you know, I don't think we're going to go pro until you, uh, you know, take take your off grow the glutes or whatever, you know, some people might be offended. Like, oh, my God, he just insulted me my glutes, I thought they were good, but they're not like you got to have some thick skin and realize we're in a sport to be judged. So it's, it's all part of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's sort of, I've lost clients because of it, like saying things like that, <clears throat> but I have to tell them how it is. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's better they find out now than later. <laughs> you're going to find out. That's the thing is you're, you're going to find out. That's why I see, you know, sometimes I see, and this is going to be a little bit um, rude and I don't mean for it to be, but Sometimes I'll see people on a national stage and, you know, like people will post pictures of it. And I think that's rude to post pictures of it and make fun of those people. Um, but they're like way out of shape at a national stage, like way out of shape. And I'm like, how did you, how did your coach allow that? How did your friends allow that? Like, who's not telling you that you're not ready for this level of competition? You know, you see it particularly a lot of times in wellness, you know, a lot of, and I'm like, why, who, who's in your corner that's letting you go on stage when you're nowhere near ready for wellness, right? which I have a thing with that. And I think people, people love that I say it how it is on that one, but also kind of hate how I say how it is on that one. But that, that's the one division where you have so many people who are not ready for the division getting on stage because their legs are soft, they hold body fat in their legs, and they think, oh, I'm ready for wellness because my legs are bigger. If you leaned out, you would be bikini. You probably still need more muscle for a bikini to be well at that. I say that and then <laughs> to them in a, in a nice way, I'm just like, they'll send me an assessment. I'm like, you're not wellness. Like that's a whole nother level of, that's like basically bodybuilding legs with a bikini slash figure upper body, like just very slightly past bikini upper body. Look at, look at these girls on stage that are bikini. Are you that muscular if you had no body fat on you or low body fat on you? And if the answer is, are you more muscular than by significant margin in the legs, then you can do wellness, right? So like you have to have the people in your corner that are going to be honest with you if you want to excel in this sport, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, you know, that's, again, coaching is not supposed to be your best friend. It's supposed to tell you how it is, right. you know? Um, I remember like when I was playing, I was playing hockey, we we're playing on a, on a world level. I had a, I had a new girlfriend. It was like one of my first girlfriends. I was like 15, you know, and I was like hanging out with her a lot and I was coming off my game and my coach just straight up told me, he's like, you know what, if you want to get to the to pro level, 
you're going to have to sacrifice a lot in your life, maybe even your girlfriend, because you're, you're way off your game at this point, and you're the bottom guy on the team. You're the, you're the bottom guy on the team. You never were the bottom guy on the team right now. You're off. You're not scoring. You're this, you're that. What are you, you know, I could tell you're not practicing outside of this. You know, and so I was like, yeah, you're right. I am. And so I had to, you know, make a choice of commit more to hockey and had to either tell her or be done and ended up being done. But <laughs> hockey was more important at the time. But, you know, um, that's just the reality of, of, of coaching, being honest. But if the coach never told me that, I wouldn't have stepped up. I would have got cut from the team. Yeah. So I think, like, to your point of, like, competitors stepping on stage when they think they're ready and they're not, I think that also, just to clarify, because this is how I would think and maybe you think the same way, that, like, you know, there's some transformation people out there, and I think that's awesome yeah. that they're getting on stage, but it's the national level that it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. We're so, like, if nationals. it's your local show, like, that's one thing, but the nationals is like, why would you choose nationals to, if you're not ready for that? You know, because that's a whole other, that's a whole nother level. Um, but, I mean, I don't particularly mind it, but I often wonder, just like what you were saying, like, did their coach say this is, this is the look? You know, I think if a client wants to jump on stage and they, you know, you know, they're not going to win. They're, they're just not there yet, but they're really proud of their progress. They don't look too bad, but you know, probably not going to get that overall. As long as you're honest and be like, well, you know, we still got a long way to go. If you want to test the waters and see where you stack up against these girls and see how much uh, different you are in comparison, that's not necessarily a bad idea at a local show, right? Just to see like, okay, yep, and this is the work you got to do. Do you see this? Do you see them standing next to you and how like we're not lean enough? You know, I think that can be helpful sometimes within reason. Yeah. Um, but at the national, I'm just like, that is not a good show to test the waters. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, hundred percent on page. I'm glad you clarified that too. Cause I'm a fan of transformation people getting on. Yeah, I think on, it's you know? awesome. Yeah, you know, if they have a good story. We used to, you know, there's some shows that have, like, the transformation class. I love that class, and they, like, tell the story. Mm -hmm. Like, four or five people that enter it, and then, you know, they get a trophy to, like, the best transformation client. And then that transformation person uh, does other divisions, too. Um, but I think it's great. You know, it gives you a time-based goal. Some people need that time-based goal. But, yeah, when we're going for pro cards and we're getting these national levels, like, you need to pick the division that's right for you, too. And that's, I think, where some coaches, again, they need to just be, have, be tougher and have that, you know, thicker skin and be like, Hey, your client's going to find out on stage or they're going to find out from you way before that. And they'd rather find out way before that than when they get their pictures back and realize I didn't, I was the odd man out on that, on that call out, you know? Right. And so you don't want to be the one that sticks out like a sore thumb yeah. in the last call out because no one gave you the memo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think a good idea too, and this is something you know, whether you have a coach or not is always look at the, the winners of the previous year on NPC news online and be honest with yourself. Do you look anything close to those girls, yeah. you know, but you're right about wellness. And I think with wellness, it's the biggest gap between amateur and pro out of like oh, the yeah. divisions. It seems maybe even bodybuilding too, honestly, but, um, wellness is very much like that. Like you could, there's such a big gap between pro level or pro card level and local level yeah. it's it's really big jump yeah you're actually right there's the the three levels yeah you're right it's like the npc level is a huge difference the pro qualifier is a big difference and then like the pro winning is a big difference. it's a pretty big leap each one yeah but you, yeah you girls you have to pick the right divisions talk to your coach about it i i get it looking wellness is badass i think that those girls look so badass mm -hmm. when they walk around in their short cut off jeans and they're walking around these expos these big giant quads and they're like just muscle mamas, you know, walking around. And I'm like, 
I'm like, these girls are just so bad. I remember the first time seeing them, and they were just all Brazilian because it was the uh, LA Fit Expo. Remember that LA Fit, the first one? And it was like this Brazilian team of these girls, and they were all so bad. At, I was like, these chicks are bad. They just look like just badass chicks, I you know? know? Like little, like warriors, you know? And, I love um, it. I, dude, wellness chicks, you look cool, you know? So I get it. Everyone wants to look like that, but very few people can look like that. And that's probably why I think they look so badass because it's so few people actually do look like that, you know? It's like seeing a superhero. Mm -hmm. But the, the reality is, is that you have to pick the division that's right for you. Yeah, I would love to be a professional bodybuilder. That's not in my genetics future, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to be 300 pounds of muscle. It's just not going to happen for and me. And that's right? why people ask me like, why don't you do fitness if you can do backflips and walk in your hand? I'm like, look at me. <laughs> look at me now. Come on. I can, I can do the flips, yeah, but sh my physique, I'm well aware, could never look like that, you know? So I'm, I'm very realistic. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. be that big. They're pretty big. And uh, that's uh, not in my genetic cards to have that kind of physique, so. Yeah, so coaches and athletes, be real with yourself on that one. But, the, yeah. but it's, that one is definitely a coaching issue. That one is solvable as a coach. You could be like, hey, like, I don't want to be – I hope we can get you to wellness one day, but you're not there yet. You need years to get there, yeah. you know? So you can start in bikini and see what happens. Yeah. What's mm -hmm. wrong with that? I, you know, Lean I, out for bikini and see what's really going on under there. Cause just like you said, girls that store body fat more in their lower body. Well, guess what? That's most women. Most yeah. women store uh, fat in their thighs and, and butt cheeks. That's not, you're not the exception. <laughs> that's, that's pretty common. I had so. a, I had a girl, just the other day, send me, um, so you sent me your pictures, inquiry, and was talking about wanting to do wellness. And I was like, do you sure, are you sure you want to do wellness? Like, you're sure you want to do wellness? And she's like, yeah. And she was like right there where maybe we could build to wellness, right? I said, okay, well, I just want to give you the option of you going into wellness or a bikini because right now, at this moment, you would need a few months of work to be pro bikini or you would need a few years to be pro wellness. What would, do you like wellness that much or would you rather go like, could you have a crazy physique for pro bikini right now? Do you, are you sure you want to do wellness? She's like, she's like, well, no one ever told me that. She's like, I would, if I, if I have that good of a physique for, for bikini, I would rather just do that. Um, she's like, cause I don't necessarily want to put on that much muscle or eat that much more food. Like I like the way I look right now. And if I can just kind of use this as close to my max, I would like to stay here. And I was like, you know what? Um, she's like, everyone's just always told me I should be wellness because my legs are a little bit bigger. And I'm like, they're not that big. They're right. They're at the limit for, for a bikini, maybe bring them down a hair. And she was so happy with that. But, but if like she got the wrong coach or get sent the wrong inquiry, they'd be like, yeah, let's build you into wellness. You're going to need another two years. And she might not even like the way she looks. She might not like those workouts, you know, and that's a, that's a factor too, that people need to take into account as a coaches do. Maybe your girls don't want to get any bigger. Maybe they want to stay, you know, this looking this way, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a thing. You know, you run into that sometimes when the judges keep saying, get your shoulders and lats bigger, get your shoulders and lats bigger. These like little fitness model bikini girls are like, I don't want to get my shoulders and lats bigger anymore. I want to look like, you know, a feminine bikini model. I don't want to look like a figure competitor type of thing. Yeah. Right. And it's so, um, you know, the same thing with wellness. They're like, some girls are like, I don't want my legs to be that big. They're getting really big on the legs. So it's like, you know, there's also the day to day thing besides the stage thing, you know, so. right. and realize what you'll also look like in the off season as well. Yeah. So, and what it takes to get there, just like you said, is it aligning with, um, your, your life? Maybe, maybe not, but that's something that you have to consider. So, yeah, but, uh, so I got this belt in front of me. Oh yes. So I always get asked what belt I use when I work out. Cause they'll see me in a video wearing a belt, Cardillo. And I love them because they're thin. So sometimes with the belts, they're so thick, especially for girls with small waists, you know? Yeah. They're all thick and the chunky and 
like doesn't bend, but these are so flexible. I use Cardillo. Anyway, he sent me a belt and it says Ashley Kaltwasser, Miss Bikini Olympia, winningest bikini prep. And the cool thing about this belt is I have tally marks. So <laughs> when he sent this to me, Cardillo, Steve Cardillo, he sent it to me before the mile high. So that means I have one tally to make. Yes. You're at <laughs> each each time I win, I have to tally this. So we're going to tally it. Yes. She's at, this is now 39. 39. Woo. The <laughs> next one will be a crossover at 40. Yeah. So Isn't that cool? I'm looking to make that diagonal line. You're going to be filling Hopefully that. Hopefully sometime. That belt's going to be soon. significantly heavier just due to ink by the time you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get another belt because it'll start wrapping around I'm the other side. I'm going to message him um, and say, hey, I need an extra buckle because the leather's ripping because of all the extra ink <laughs> when you, uh, <laughs> the weight of the ink from all these wins. <laughs> oh, I love it though. Yeah, that's cool. It that's keeps a, me motivated. I love it. Yeah. I, the, I keep saying this. We need to make a video of a brief summary with every show because it's not documented anywhere yeah. and we have to document it. Yes. Because like I said, in... Back in the day, like some of these shows that were like in India, for example, or Russia, they don't even have them on NPC News Online because it was before they started like putting up every every show. So we got to, you know, we got to go back and document it all. So there's proof. Yes, yes, um, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun video. That'd be. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, there's pictures of. I don't oh, know. We I know have I medals. Have pictures, we have medals yeah. at least. I know some that, so. some of them I don't have stage pictures for. Like for India, I don't have stage pictures, but I have like backstage pictures with the little jewel right here. No, uh, you yeah. wore that too. That's cool. Yeah. They just had the India show. They just had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I'm trying to get Adam to go to India sometime. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. So there's, I'm in a, I'm in a very uh, privileged position. I will admit, and there's a lot of times promoters or whatever will like offer me to like go out there and they'll they'll pay my way to like do a seminar or whatever. That's when that's one where uh, there was one point where, I, where it's just like it's so much time and work to get there. Like you lose so much that it's really not even. <laughs> it's the only place I've ever experienced yeah. true culture shock. To be honest. I've been to Korea, I've been to Japan, I've been to Russia, I've been to Finland. India, I had really bad culture shock. I was in a new world. It was crazy, but I like crazy. I, you know, do all yeah, the crazy you do things. do all the crazy things. Do all the crazy things. So Adam's not going to India, but I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> we're, gonna have a little, we're dropping a little hint. We will be doing an international show, though. Oh. Sometime. Before will. Olympia. Yep. An international show, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> anyway with that guys is that it yep that's it i think that was a great episode all right well thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week tell your mom i said hi <laughs>